This is Jared. We are back for week 12 college football. We're getting close to the end. We still have positive ROI on the A grade sides. The overall recommendations, trying to figure out which B grades to play slightly in the negative overall, but totals have been coming on strong. Cousin Jared, totals have did so well last week mm-hmm. that I have been inspired and we are taking two totals on the show today. We've got nine games. How are you feeling? The more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> That's, That's what I'll say about bringing back totals and specifically the unders. Can't, can't ever go wrong with a with a good under. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how that works out for us. Correct. And, and just as an explanation here for people, long story short, I kind of hadn't thought it through all the way necessarily, but, but I was very concerned about weather in October, especially November. I was like the weather changes and like, it's kind of crazy to take a total on a Sunday night and you don't know what the weather's going to look like. And I kind of didn't think about the fact that the weather's really only going to make things worse, not better, which makes it scary to take an over early in the week. I I just didn't think that through. I was just like, ah, weather. Yeah. You know, it's so I was like, let's just not let's just wait. So we were waiting and we were mostly playing totals on the total of the day over again on TikTok and Instagram. Those links are in the show description. I try to tweet them out as well. So, so everyone's getting them. Um, and we've been taking them closer. We were able to look at the weather. But then I, at some point I was like, you know what? If we just take an under and the weather's bad, great. If we take an under and the weather's good, we liked it because we liked the under anyway. No big deal. Yeah. And so it's yep. like, so it really should have been just don't take the overs on a Sunday night like we're doing here tonight. We got two under picks. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just a, you know, there's just a lot happening. Uh, there is. In the world, in my life with with the move and all these models and college basketball starting and whatnot. Yeah. So you'll have to forgive me for, uh, you know, kind of what, what I felt like was a, a silly over, overthought, underthought, whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> Uh, those are the nine games. We've got a Tuesday game of Friday. And Kissinger, before we get started, I do want to talk. You have left off the Mountain West, and you are the Mountain West guru. Mm-hmm. You love you some Mountain West. Um, the Mountain West got interesting with Air Force just falling apart. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just on the up, on the up, on the up. We loved them. And then the last two games, uh, the model is not been kind to larrier mm-hmm. who, who might still be hurt that might be part of the problem i'm not really sure but they've suffered two bad losses the whole mountain west looks like a mess i i think there's a four-way tie for second at this point and there's still more of these teams playing each other like it's going to be a wild race in the mountain west so i just want to talk for a hot second about the mountain west we are not covering a game on show this week uh for reasons i am i am unclear on i, I guess at this point <laughs> Number one, I would say maybe there's not a ton of close games. So you're talking about uh, laying or taking a lot of points. That may be one thing. Uh, the other thing I will say is that um, San Jose State may be the hottest team mm. in the Mountain West. Great. And, yeah. And so it's like one of those things where I think basically everybody's just like, hey, we feel comfortable playing anybody in the conference championship game, except maybe San Jose State. Like, let's every other team's just kind of agreeing. Let's do everything we can to keep San Jose State out of, out of this game. Um, and then UNLV, yeah, UNLV's got a super tough test going and playing at yeah. um, at Colorado Springs against Air Force. And, and you mentioned Air Force team not looking good the past couple of weeks. I, you know, part of me wanted to back UNLV. I think I mentioned last week if they take care of business against Wyoming, uh, like mm-hmm. they had done the rest of the season, then. Mm-hmm. You know, I would start believing in them, and yeah, they they definitely did. Yeah. The problem is maybe the big biggest home field advantage uh, in the Mountain West, maybe outside of Wyoming, would be Air Force there in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. So, oh, well, we'll see. Uh, it, you know, it, I, and I would say just watch the lines, watch the lines. Yeah, that yeah. may be one UNLV, maybe one you make a play on later. Mm-hmm. My thought there too is just with Air Force. I don't know what I'm getting with them at this point. Like, if we get earlier in the season, Air Force, if Larry's healthier now or not healthier, or whatever. Like, depending on what you're getting from them, like. I could see you and I'll be totally winning that game and kind of half shocking yeah. the world. But also if we get old school air force from f- four weeks ago, I'm not sure there's, there's not many teams in the country that can go in there and win that game other than the top, top teams, right. Who, who, who right. are smart enough never to go there and do it. Right. But your normal mountain <laughs> West team and the, you know, isn't going to go in there and win the way that the way they were playing. I mean, they were playing like a top 25 team, top 20 team, maybe even. Yep. And at home, but I don't know what I'm getting with them. So yeah, it's it's gotten real interesting. So it'll be a fun 
finish for the Mountain West. We aren't covering any of those games. We are going to start off, though, right off the bat, Tuesday night, Akron at Eastern Michigan. Because, Jared, I, I noticed this one right from the top when I, the projections came out. I saw these two teams, and I thought, you know, these teams don't play very fast. And the offenses on these two teams are dreadful. Akron rates dead last. Their defense isn't bad, but their offense, and that's the thing with Akron that we've talked, we talked, we haven't talked about them in about a month, but mm-hmm. losing their quarterback when they were starting to play better really just killed their offense. And that was sad because their defense is around league or college triple average, which is pretty good for the Mac. Yep. Their quarterback had been playing well. The offense is going, and they lose him, go to the backup, and it's just dreadful offensively. Eastern Michigan's defense is even better, but Eastern Michigan has one of the, one of the more disappointing offenses on the season relative to expectations. We did not think they were going to be a top 20 offense, but we did not think they would be a bottom 10 offense, which right. is where we find ourselves. So you got a bottom 10 offense and the dead last offense, slow pace, good defense. The model says 30 points. This isn't even considering the fact that there might be weather. I have no idea. I haven't looked. Don't even care because mm-hmm. there's weather. The total drops even more, but there could be weather in, uh, you know, Eastern Michigan in November. I have no idea. Either way, we're going under 39. To me, this is one of those lock it in now, because if there is weather, it's just going to go down and, I mean, you, what are you waiting for? Like this game's yeah. going to have a hard time getting to 30, much less getting to 40. Yeah. So as of right now, no uh, weather they're expected in uh man, I'm going to embarrass myself here. I'm going to go like Ypsilanti. Uh, is that where Eastern Michigan is at? Uh, for I some reason, that's what, sure. I, that's what I, what's I want to say. You can, you can look at that while, while I just chat, but uh, yeah. Too terrible. Yes, correct. I, I typed yeah. in emu location and it says Australia because emus mm. only live in Australia. Emus, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I see. Uh, I see but, the confusion. Um, you, I mean, that's the entire analysis of these games. This is two yeah. uh, really bad offenses, and by definitely max standards, two respectable defenses. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so this has all the hallmarks of one of those, uh, you know, 10 to seven games. I know a lot of the time we like to tune into Maxion for all the points and all the crazy things that would happen. There might be crazy things that happen in this game, but it's uh, unlikely that they actually end up, uh, you know, resulting in points uh, because neither of these teams is very good. So I say, let's start off the week good with an underplay uh, of 39. And, and you've mentioned it a couple of times when you start seeing totals this low in college football. I mean, just look at Iowa for the past three weeks. When you start seeing totals being set this low, like, Usually means something. Yeah. Akron and Miami of Ohio played last week and that game was 19 to zip. And, and that's kind of the same thing here. You think like Miami of Ohio is a better team, but like they're only 19 points scored in that game. How, how are they going to be that many more here? Like is right. Akron going to really get anything going on the road against a decent defense? Like, no. Are they going to allow more points to Eastern Michigan? Pff, heck no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, obviously I was talking about expectation. Who knows anything can happen in one game, but it's like, you, you don't, they're not like a, a fantastic offense in their own right. So yeah, really should be a lower scoring game. It does kind of remind me of some of these Iowa Big Ten West games, which is funny because the Big Ten West last week had two barn burners mm. where teams scored as many points as they scored in all of conference play, it seems like, in one game. Uh, but that's not you know generally what we what we see in the Big Ten West, and that's not what we think we're gonna see here on Tuesday right. night. Which takes us to a late game Friday, Colorado and Washington State. Boy. Washington State, I mean, had so many chances to to win that last game against Cal and couldn't do it. Still looking for bowl eligibility at this point. Colorado's had a disappointing season, I think, but we kind of saw that coming. As much as the hype after the first game or two, we kind of were able to say once they didn't take care of business against Colorado State, we kind of knew this would be potential trouble for them. And sure enough, that defense has not been very good. But some other defense still rates better than Washington State's. Because mm. Washington State's defense has just been atrocious. There should be a lot of points in this game. And the model says it's a coin toss that Colorado State's the better team, but on the road. Why is Washington State favored in this game? I can't quite understand that. I have been waiting for at least three weeks now for sideline to give me the go-ahead to fade Washington State. And it, it, it hasn't happened, and it hasn't happened. And fortunately, you know, if, if you've been keeping up with sideline at all any of the, the past few weeks, like you've been able to see, like clearly it has a bias to Washington State, and Washington State just hasn't been playing that well. So um, fortunately, I've kind of been scaling my wagers down on Washington State as, as the weeks go on, so I uh, can't really complain too much. Uh, 
But this was one of those things where I was just chomping at the bit. And as soon as it said fade Washington State, I was all over that. Uh, and I mean, Colorado, yes, they have certainly come down from where they started the season. But again, in, in every game, uh, they they have remained competitive for the entire length of the game. They're, you know, And with how Washington State has played, especially as of recent, if Colorado hangs around in this game, they're going to win because Washington State has just been absolutely either putrid at offense, putrid on defense, uh, you know, or missing field goals. I mean, just about every possible way that you can either not show up or have bad luck, uh, Washington State has done it. So I think Colorado is just going to hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. And I trust Colorado to make the big plays when it matters. And I do not trust Washington State to make the big plays when it matters. Washington State lost their last two games to Cal and Stanford. Hmm. Which that's bad. I mean, that's just like you just stop right there. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to elaborate. They lost to California in a game that had 81 points and they lost to Stanford in a game that had 17. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's like, uh, and both by a field goal. And like you said, Washington State's just found a way to lose these games. Mm -hmm. And and who knows if that'll happen again. But the one thing we've talked about with consistent with Colorado is they play hard for 60 minutes they play well for 60 minutes like for them like they 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 are a flawed team and that's what you can see in the ratings that they're a flawed team but they don't have these moments where they just completely crap the bed it seems like like when they make mistakes it's because they just don't have a ton of talent but like they play pretty consistently where they are and i think that's an interesting note we talk about people a bit up and down in colorado and they've obviously struggled and we kind of knew they would relatively early in the season, but their rating has stayed pretty consistent here right around the sixties and seventies where the models just every week consistent been like, they've kind of always played to expectations. They're one of the few consistent things yeah. in college football. We talked about them the last week against Arizona. We loved grabbing the, the 10 and the, I think we even got a hook, which was just a cherry on yeah, top. Yeah. And that game just saying like, Hey, like Colorado might hang in and win this game at home. They might, uh, just hang around and lose close, which is what happened. Yep. They might get blown out, but then backdoor cover because they've done yep. that a lot too. They're going to play hard yep. the whole game, and uh, you're, you're back. You can take some points if you want with Colorado, but the plus 195 is just too good to pass up. And again, consistently here, if we just take these money lines and these coin toss games at these type of odds, it's going to work out well for us. Because uh, in general, one last thing here to talk about, you mentioned Washington State and the model kind of being a little biased towards them. I feel like every update that's happened these last couple of weeks and even the midweek updates it's like the models liked washington state a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less it's like yeah. kind of like calibrating it's a little slower than i would have hoped but that's yeah. what some of the updates for again it's year one of a player-based model so we're kind of trying to figure out some of the rough around the edges parts and i think washington state was one you could have said the model was a little yeah. rough around yeah. the edges. i think we smoothed it out a little bit here finally and kind of gotten it to where it, they they realistically are which is Yep. Unfortunately, not a very good football team. We thought they would be coming into the season, but they just continue to disappoint. Um, as much as w- you want to say that win against Oregon State was fantastic, that's I think we're going to look back on as one of the most confusing games of the season. Um, right. The fact that they won that game, because after that, they gave up 25 to a UCLA team who just cannot score. Yep. And they got blown out by Arizona, which – Arizona's become a pretty good team, but against the Stanford and Cal losses just prove how how flawed this Washington State team is. So we're gonna take Colorado here Friday night. And and you and you mentioned UCLA just not being able to score. Uh I, I cannot wait for that USC game because that is going to be the the greatest uh movable force against immovable object or whatever whatever it yeah, is. Whatever the sign uh, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that one is going to be the perfect epitome of all of that. Yeah, it's that one's gonna be uh, get your popcorn out trying to figure out what the <laughs> what style of game that's gonna be given those two teams uh, yep. discrepancies. Moving along to Saturday, Coastal Carolina and Army uh, cousin Jared. I love this Coastal Carolina kid. Um, mm. Sideline has him <laughs> that's like the thirtieth best quarterback at this point. He's looked fantastic. Uh, coming in, I believe he's a true freshman and he's been guiding Coastal Carolina a little bit of the other, the backup as well. Uh, but these guys have come in and played really well. We've been on Coastal, I believe, every week since McCall's gone out with like A grade plays yeah. and they keep winning for us. They're seven and three. Uh, their defense is solid because, Jared, I think when we kind of mentioned this last week. I, I think we talked about them in the uh, the study hall. Uh, I, we talked about them somewhere, I can't remember, but that's to me mm-hmm. been the biggest surprise for Coastal Carolina. Obviously, their offense has taken a step back because as much as I like this freshman, he's he's not as good as Grayson McCall. But 
the defense has been so good. It's really surprised me. Yeah. Um, they got it done last week. This week they go to Army and the model says they have a 73% chance to win. That makes minus 205 a B grade pick. Uh, Cousin Jared, always a little bit concerned playing a triple option team. But Army, for the most part, the back half of the season has looked really stuck in the mud offensively. And against a somehow solid Coastal Carolina defense, it's going to make it hard for them to really get anything going offensively, I would think. So you kind of looked at the the Coastal side of that. I want to look at the Army side of this. And I feel like we it's, it, it's so funny how quickly we forget. Army lost to UL Monroe the first week of the season. And we backed UL Monroe there. And so we won. And it's a lot easier to overlook a team playing bad when you fade them and, and you win. You don't always be like, oh, hey, you know, I have a good read on this team. Whereas it's more of like, hey, Army Snakes. And then they came out and beat uh, UTSA on the road, Sans Frank Harris. That one, you know, you understand because maybe Frank Harris wasn't 100% wasn't playing in that game. Um, but looking back on it now, definitely a strange result. And then you kind of started seeing the army that we have seen the rest of the year, uh, a lost, lost to Syracuse. Syracuse came back and just uh, shut them down in the, in the second half. Uh, close loss to Boston college, got beat by Troy, got destroyed by LSU, lost to UMass. They beat lost Air to Force. UMass at home. That's not yeah, good. Lost to UMass at home. Not good. They lost to Air Force or sorry, they beat Air Force, but kind of throw that one out. When the academies play each other, just kind of throw the result out. I don't and, really and again, really wonder about the health of Larry at this point because getting injured and coming back like you have to wonder why that that offense just fell apart like you saw what happened last week with Air Force like I, I if Air Force had won last week by 40 I would have been like oh that's just service academy now I'm it's like maybe this is more about that's not about army or the service that's just about Air Force not about army right right and, and then a close kind of like UTSA was well, about UTSA not army yes and, and now a close close win against Holy Cross last week on the Which, whole, hold on. Let's make. I don't want that to get buried. A close win at home to Holy Cross. Like we just, yeah. just make sure that soaks in for everybody. Yeah, and I mean they can join the club uh, with Boston College uh, of teams that that happened to. But yeah, I wanted to wanted to check the box score. Make sure I draw on this. Army was up fourteen nothing at halftime and only won the game seventeen fourteen. Mm. Uh, and, and so really, they just you know put it in neutral in, in the second half. Didn't do anything. Uh, anyway, this is all a long way of saying Army, I, I think we have been a little uh, too high on, on Army through the course of the season, possibly maybe, because maybe not of too high, too, too forgiving. Yes. Too, too, OK, there you go. Too, yeah, too, yeah, too like willing to overlook certain things. And it's like, yeah, maybe maybe we should have been a little more critical. Yeah. And, and so, here, hey, here's here's me being critical. Of, of, of Army now. Uh, this Coastal team, uh, I, may, I know I mentioned last week, I've just seen improvement, improvement, improvement uh, each week. And definitely, if they would have continued to play the way they started out the season, uh, I don't, they wouldn't be here. But they have definitely gotten better every single week. So uh, sign me up. Uh, if Army can lose at home to UMass, they can definitely lose at home to Coastal Carolina. I feel like we're going to be the only show in the world talking for this long about this game, but Hey, that's, that's why you're yeah. here, viewer. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the other thing, I, two things I would have kind of comment on what you said, army struggling in the second half against Holy cross. I feel like that's been a theme of their games. I don't know it specifically, mm. but if I, but you talk, I remember the Syracuse game cause we had Syracuse yep. in that one army got out big and then fell apart in the second half in the UTSA game. I, pretty sure they got out big and UTSA almost came back and had like a Hail Mary yes, late to try yeah. to win. I'm wondering if that's just also been a thing for them, mm -hmm. right? The, the second half. So that is another thing to kind of keep an eye on in this game. I'm not saying to live bet it necessarily because Coastal's good enough. It, it, it might be 14-3 at the half and and it's over. But if it's a tight game or whatever at the half, like you have to like Coastal's chances given what we've seen from Army in the second half. But the other thing I want to talk about here is we've been harsh on Coastal. We've been harsh on uh, Mr. Tim Beck, head coach mm -hmm. there. And so, I, I, you know, hey, we got to just give credit where credit's due and say yep. we were concerned. We didn't really like what we saw early on. Um, it's tough to follow in the footsteps of such a good, uh, you know, head coach. Mm -hmm. and uh, we were very concerned, but Hey, we, we were wrong on that. He's done a great job. And uh, you know, we got to just give credit where credit's due because yep. we are uh, very impressed with what we've seen from coastal lately, losing a guy like Grayson McCall and just not skipping a beat and continuing to march towards 
the possibility of another 10 win season if they can uh, finish here strong uh, for this campaign, which takes us to Louisville and Miami. Speaking of finishing strong, Miami, I mean, hats off to them. They keep playing hard. And again, mm-hmm. we've talked about them a lot. This is a team that people said weeks ago after the, the, the fiasco that was a loss they should have never have, that that was going to be it. And they would quit. And after the next game, they would quit. After the next game, they quit. They keep playing hard. So give them credit for that. Because Jared, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to put my psycho- my psychologist hat on, which is mm. I should not be doing this. I'm, I I would advise myself not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You have to wonder if after last week, if that was kind of their last their last hurrah against a yeah. rival. They had a chance. Um, I'm not sure how good of one, but I mean, they hung around and they played really well in that game, better than I think anybody really expected them to. Hats off for that performance, but... I'm a little bit concerned about them now going forward. Now the quarterback situation gets awkward because yeah, the yeah. freshman played pretty well. He started. Yeah, started. He started them and he played yeah. pretty well. Uh, and then he got hurt and it, it sounds like it's not a good injury. It sounds mm. a little bit concerning for him. You have to assume it's back to Tyler Van Dyke. It's like, Hey, we gave up on you, but now come on and play again. Yeah, yeah. Louisville's solid. We've got Louisville winning this almost 60% of the time. So Louisville minus 122 is a B grade. We like this pick because of the math behind it. But if there is any extra, you know, letdown spot here for Miami after the big rivalry almost did it game, a la what happened to Houston, who almost beat Texas, and then the next week got beat 45 zip or whatever to a good Kansas City team. That's the sort of thing that could happen here. Miami's long been known as a place where if they're good, the fans might show up, but if they're only mediocre or it's a weaker opponent, they will not show up. So I yep. don't imagine anybody there for an, a noon Eastern kick. So there's a lot of ways this could go even better than the math suggests it does. It, it, it will. Um, I've been high on this Louisville team. We've liked them. It's fun to back yeah. up, right? Yep. Yep. Definitely is. And Tyler Van Dyke had, 10 interceptions in the four games prior to the, to the Florida state game. He had just not been playing I guess, well. I guess that's why he got benched. Yeah. That, that might explain it. And after his freshman season where he played so well and people were talking about, Oh, can't wait for him to come out in a couple of years since Mario Cristobal has gotten there. His play has just really gone downhill. And the thing and is, then it was up for a little bit this year. And then, it, yeah, it the game season, right back down. yeah, maybe like against Texas A&M, you look, look great. Um, yeah. But then this kind of where I what I keep thinking about, especially offensively with Miami, is like this is kind of exactly what Cristobal did at Oregon as well. Like his offense mm-hmm. never just had it. I mean, they had Justin Herbert and he didn't really do anything with him. He 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 crazy. basically neutered him. And so where I'm going with this is like I don't really have faith. In, in Tyler Van Dyke turning it around um, this season uh, after what well, we hey, saw he last season. He a good NFL quarterback, and we would just be like, sure, that's just the way it goes. Yes. Like, yes. Now, it it, could, and, it and shouldn't I mean, shock anyone at this point. Yeah, and I mean, Will Levis coming out and throwing four touchdowns in his first professional game. I mean, who could have seen that? Uh, not not me. Uh, no, not not me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I like Louisville a lot. I, I, I agree. Like at some point, I think it's just kind of going to unravel. Um, yeah. for Miami. So speaking of, we need to update our season long bets um, because, you know, about, about three or four weeks ago, wouldn't have thought I had a chance to get the Miami uh, win total under and all of a sudden not looking too shabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've really struggled as of late and, and the model was high on them. And at one point had them, you know, around the top 10 team and now just every week, just dropping a little bit more, dropping a little bit more, dropping a little bit more. Yeah. Now has them at number 29. We've known that Cristobal was the weak spot of that team as a coach. Mm-hmm. We knew it, and, and and it was a kind of a confusing hire from the start in that you thought a school like Miami would be able to do better. But at the time, we knew. We were like, hey, this guy, again, had Justin Herbert, and it couldn't really accomplish much yeah. with them. So that was a concern, and, and all the you know issues that they had in Oregon, and, and you're seeing the same stuff here. Um, so we knew that was the weak spot. It just early on, it looked like there was just so much talent that it wouldn't matter at yeah. all. And um, that held true for a little bit, but in the end, it, it's, it's, it's unraveled. Their season's unraveled. You don't know exactly. Will it completely unravel and culminate in some terrible loss? It might, it might not. If nothing else, 
we haven't talked about Louisville much. That's almost a top 10 defense there, according to the model. Their offense yeah. is much improved. We've been yeah. high on this Louisville team uh, for most of the season, and they are really good. This is um, not to say we are solely predicting Miami's world falls apart, as much as we're just saying this is a really good Louisville team, and yeah. uh, they're much more than 50 50 to win this game, which is what these odds somewhat imply that it's close to a coin toss. But Louisville yeah. minus 122 is a pretty good pick. Uh, completely what in the world, Iowa, you know, just <laughs> continues to win games and mm-hmm. they're going to like win the national championship and their offensive coordinator is, uh, you know, already said he's resigning. Obviously they won't, uh, yeah. nor, nor will they win the big 10 title game because Iowa has shown an amazing ability for many years. Now, this isn't the first year to kind of be the Penn state light, mm-hmm. take care of business against all the weaker teams get destroyed yep. against the better ones. And of course they're underneath Penn state. So Penn state, you know, would be a team that can handle Iowa, but Iowa handles all those other teams. Um, mm-hmm. They're seemingly on their way to another big 10 championship game where whether they play Michigan or Ohio state, I have to assume it'll be similar to the Michigan, Iowa game from a couple years ago where it was like, 31 zip at the half or something mm-hmm. because when they face a real defense that offense being the 123rd best offense can't do a dang thing and their defense is good but it just can't withstand the fact that they're constantly going to be put in terrible positions against illinois shouldn't matter hasn't mattered most of the season illinois not a very good football team iowa minus 170 only minus 170 is like spitting in the face of everything mm, that Iowa mm-hmm. has done this season hats mm-hmm. off to them for accomplishing what they've accomplished with one of the worst offenses in the country. Yep. But they'll probably keep winning because this is just what they do. Yep. Man, I, I, I gotta say, uh, you know, tip of the cap to, to the Ferences there, but that 22 point outburst against Rutgers, Took that offense from I, I I think that offense was probably around 130. Took it all the way up to number 123 with that 22 point outburst. So got to give uh, credit to to Iowa there. Um, I have a, a few co- coworkers, a number of which went to University of Nebraska, and a number of which also went to University of Iowa, and they are playing on Black Friday. And you know, just Iowa being Iowa and, and Matt Rule being Matt Rule, um, man. They cannot that game's that not, total. That, no, yeah. 19 yeah, under. They, 19 they, under. Yeah, yeah. They, they cannot set that. I'm looking forward to it. Enough. Again, I have nothing to say about Iowa. You said it great. Like, this is what Iowa does. They win these games. They're going to win it, like, I don't know, 15 to, to nothing. That's just what they do. 15 to 11 or some weird score that just doesn't yes. seem impossible. Yes. Uh, yes. Illinois yeah. Played a great game. They've kind of got a little bit of a quarterback controversy at this point. I, I would have to say, uh, I'm not sure exactly how much truth there is to that word controversy. It may just be, you know, in air quotes. But I mean, Altmaier gets hurt. Paddock comes in, plays really well. Uh, so don't really know exactly what their plan is with that. But when you look at them, they're they're pretty similar. It doesn't really matter which one they go with. Both guys are okay. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing if you pulled ten Illinois fans, you'd probably get a handful that you know, would go yeah. one way and a handful, they go the other way. And so it yeah. doesn't really matter what they do there. They've been decent. They're probably a little better than that number 90 overall, but not by much. Uh, again, I mm-hmm. just don't know why this money line is so short, given what we've seen uh, from Iowa, which is just this ability to dominate the, yep. the teams that are worse than them uh, and yep. just suffocate them. On defense, I don't really. I mean, Rutgers isn't Rutgers a better team than Illinois, and we just saw what happened there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Yeah, and, and I would say like it's just very difficult to play Iowa's game and beat them at it. Um, and that's basically what every. I mean, that's basically what every team in the Big Ten West has has tried to do unsuccessfully for like a decade now is mm-hmm. to like out Iowa, Iowa, and nobody's really been able to. Uh, Wisconsin could. For, yeah. for a few years, and, and that, that's been it. And since Wisconsin yeah. kind of took a step down, it's just been Iowa being Iowa. 
and and that's exactly what Michigan did to them in that Big Ten championship game a couple of years ago. Is they out they out Iowa because they have much yeah. better athletes, and so they were able yep. to do the same thing. Michigan played a similar, just we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the clock, we're going to control the game, we're going to control the field position, etc. And they they did out Iowa. Iowa it's just no one else in the Big yep. Ten West has been able to, um, yep. even though you'd think it's right for the taking because Iowa team isn't great. It's just they do mm-hmm. what they do and it works. Yep. Uh, and I don't know it. it, it I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm higher on Rutgers in Illinois, so I don't see why this is so low. Minus one seventy, one of my favorite plays of the week. Duke and Virginia, because you're Virginia Tech definitely back. Virginia <laughs> moving in the right direction. I mean, this offense, number fifty-nine, you have to be impressed with what Virginia has accomplished. We were pretty uh, harsh on Tony Elliott, and I think Virginia at least mm-hmm. this year's moving the right direction, which we could not say last year. Well, moving the right direction offensively offensively moving the wrong direction defensively. I don't really know what's yeah. going on with that because they were completely flipped from this last year. Here's the thing though, even though they are home and Duke has had a lot of injuries and has struggled as of late to be quite the same dominant force they were earlier. They still are well coached. They're still a good team. They still have a great defense. Duke's still the much better team here. Kind of a similar situation to the previous game. We're going to lay it with Duke at minus one eighty eight and a grade as the model says they win this about three out of four times. Because Jared, what you got? I mentioned it last week. I think I guess it was on the extended cut over there for our people on on Dub Club or I guess a study hall uh, over on Dub Club. Uh, I there wasn't anything that would make me think that you shouldn't lay the points in North Carolina last week with with Duke having so many injuries, uh, playing on the road, North Carolina coming off of a bye. There were just lots of reasons to back North Carolina in that game. But I said, you know what? I don't feel like you're giving Duke enough credit for mm-hmm. what they have done this season. Yeah. If you're not going to sit there and take 12 and a half points, whatever the number was at the time, um, take those points with Duke because Duke has just been so solid this year, no matter how many people are injured, no matter who they're playing, no matter where they're playing at, they had no just who, been well prepared. Who's quarterbacking, it seems like. Yes, yes, exactly correct. And, of course, you know, North Carolina going to do North Carolina things, and, and of course, um, that ends up being the case where uh, Duke, Duke covered easily, got an overtime, and if you had back Duke, you you would want at that point. Um, I think it's going to be the same thing here. Why, why is Duke such a, a short favorite against a Virginia team that is just absolutely terrible on defense? That's definitely going to help Duke with, with their primary kind of weakness there being being their offense. Um, and, you know, I trust Mike Elko to, to come through and have this Duke defense well-prepared, and I don't think this Virginia offense is going to be able to do much. Speaking of Mike Elko, College Station, great this time of year. You know, I would really recommend I could probably hook you up with a real estate agent um, you know, got plenty of contacts there. I can tell you all the good restaurants. If you've forgotten them uh, from your time there, you've probably been to a lot of the better restaurants, you know, even more so than I've been there. So um, all I would say is, you know, it's a great place. You should, you should, you should, you should consider it. Mike. I, yeah. I, I heard his name on the list, obviously of people that the, you know, that you're uh, on the modern be looking at uh, and you'd be oh, a slim dunk higher after this. Yeah. It, well, it, Eh, I mean, nobody's ever going to be happy all the time. But uh, the, the the one uh, name that I I have seen, and um, you know, th- this one isn't going to happen. But like one person was smart enough to include it was jo- John Summerall, the head coach of Troy. And of course, you know, I saw that and I was like, hey, oh, uh, now now we're talking. Uh, not going to happen. But not gonna, no, I don't think I like the boosters could, could get behind. Uh, unfortunately, no. a coach from Troy, they don't. No, no, it's not. It's not prestigious enough for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. This Duke team, we've done a pretty good job kind of zigging and zagging with here. I think we had Louisville in that game when they crushed Duke. And that was right at the beginning of some of the quarterback situation, you know, that the injuries there, Uh, we took Wake Forest and a bunch of points against Duke the following week on a short week and just said, Hey, like Duke's good, but you know, they shouldn't be favored by like 12 or whatever it was Um, took, took the points there. Uh, Now we're coming back this direction. Um, Grayson Loftus is looking improved at this point and so again it's one of those where it's like like most things in life there's a middle ground right you know mm-hmm. were they good enough to hang in there against a really good louisville team given their injuries no were they good enough to blow out wake forest on a short week given their injuries no 
are they good enough to go to Virginia and win? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like we have to find this middle ground of just just because they weren't good enough to beat Louisville doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're not good enough to beat Virginia. Right. And obviously I'm oversimplifying things. But the, the yep. point being is uh, people have been kind of like swinging a wild pendulum on this Duke team. And, and you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. They're 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 unfortunately not as good as they've been at their peak because of the injuries. Uh, but they're not really as bad as they're being treated last week and this week. Uh, because they are still a solid team, a well-coached team that's usually overperforms in situations when they shouldn't. Again, asterisk, sometimes the injuries were too much, the quarterback situation too much. But I, I think they're in better hands now uh, that their quarterback's got a few games under his belt. I expect them yep. to have a good game against this weaker Virginia defense. North Texas and Tulsa. Going to go a little off off radar here for a game that might not be on a lot of people's, uh, you know, Saturday viewing schedule. But this North Texas team offensively number 31 in the country. We've been preaching it all year. Once they made the quarterback changes, North Texas offense is good. Their defense still bad. But so what? So is Tulsa's. So there you go. Yeah, uh, this will yeah. be not a lot of defense. If you like points, this is probably the game for you. North Texas is a solid football team. Tulsa. They have their moments, but they're not very good. They've played like four different quarterbacks this year because of all their injuries. Uh, Honestly, I'm not sure it matters which one of this because none of them are great. Their offense is better than their defense. That's probably only because their defense is super bad. I mean, the biggest thing on this one is there's one unit on the field that's good at football, and that's North Texas offensively. Mm-hmm. So we've got them to win a nice 69% of the time. So minus 148 gets us a B grade play. Cousin Jared, we had a lot of options to choose from. I'm curious why you chose this. I would say don't be too swayed. Don't have the veil pulled over your eyes with this North Texas team being three and seven. Number one, you mentioned their offense being good. Uh, They definitely have the potential to outscore just about any team that they go up against. Um, they have lost their last four games. But when you look at that, you got a one-score loss to Tulane, a one-score loss to Memphis, a, a one-score loss one to score. UTSA. Uh, and then, you know, SMU. They they hung in there with SMU in, in the first half of the game. Uh, and then they kind of got blown out there in, but in the we, second we, half. We've, we have been on record lately, t- every week for the last almost month now, just talking about how much of a mission SMU looks like they're on just to yes. destroy yes. the world, which is why the model's super high on them. And I think has them like top 10 because yes. of how incredible they're playing right now. And I, yeah, and I am not going, so I'm not going to hold that uh, against North Texas. And this is definitely one of those teams as well, where you have seen improvement throughout the course of the season, even with those four straight losses. At the beginning of the season, they would not have been able to have played any of those teams uh, that I just mentioned uh, closely. They started off the season getting blown out by Cal, and they lost at Florida International. Uh, so I, North Texas is another one of those teams where I feel like I have seen quite a bit of improvement as the season has gone on, whereas Tulsa uh, – And, and they're, fi- they're finally playing a non-really good team after the last four weeks. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's the analogy I like to use is, you know, when you're sitting there in the on-deck circle swinging the bat and with the donut on, and then you take it off, and you're like, man, this bat, this bat, I've got so much bat control. This is amazing. Uh, so I think that's partially how North Texas is going to feel uh, this week. You just, all those things that I just said about North Texas, though, you cannot say uh, about Tulsa. I mean, they played a one-score game with Tulane last week, but I think that says more about Tulane. That's just what Tulane's doing this week. And we talked, to, we said that at study hall, we were like, hey, everything it's almost like the Duke North Carolina thing you're like everything yeah. in this is lay the points with Tulane but also if you've been watching Tulane like yeah. every they're like Cincinnati from a few years ago every week they're just like don't yeah. really care we're gonna win a one score game and like yeah. that's just too late at this point I don't know it's, it's weird. yeah and so I just don't have a good feeling about Tulsa they have not been playing the cream of the crop in um in uh you know the American conference and they just ha- haven't been performing very well. So this is a team that I think has been playing well. The results just haven't quite been here versus a team that just hasn't been playing very well. And the results also haven't been there. So uh, yeah, sign, sign me up for, for North Texas as a, a slightly small favorite here. Yeah. I think we're getting some value on this because of Tulsa's performance last week against Tulane. But again, I don't yeah. think that means much. You go back to the week before they lost to Charlotte at home. That's yeah. not good. The week before yeah. that uh, we talk about SMU beating North Texas by uh, 20 points the SMU beat Tulsa by 59 the week before yeah. that Tulsa lost at home to rice by 32 the week before that Tulsa lost to Florida Atlantic. I mean, it, it's, right. it's just not been good for Tulsa. So yeah, to yeah. me, this is like, I think, I think we're getting a little value because of Tulsa last week. I think we're getting a little bit of value because people are sleeping on this North Texas team. Like I, I don't, I just don't, 
I don't think everyone quite realizes like this is a decent team. Like they're not yep. great, but yep. they are good enough now that if they could restart the season now, they, they make a bowl. Yeah. Uh, it's yep. just, unfortunately, they had some of their easier games early on when they were terrible and then they got better and they played really good teams. And the model, again, is bumping them up because of how well they've played against those good teams. But unfortunately for them, it's still in the loss column. But this is a good mm-hmm. chance to get into the win column uh, this weekend. And, and and we're not covering the total here, but over. I don't even know what it is. But yeah, there should be a lot of points in this game. Uh, total six, currently 67 and the sideline says 75. Oh, wow. Yeah, over. Yeah. going to be a lot of points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a game where there won't be a lot of points. Minnesota and Ohio State. Ohio State, according to sideline, number one defense has passed. Iowa has passed uh, Michigan. Uh, this defense has been fantastic all season. We saw it all at the beginning of the year. The offense has been pretty solid. Okay. Number 27 in the country. That's going to be their weakness, their downfall, if there is one. If they lose to Michigan, it's going to be the offense just isn't quite good enough. If they make the playoff and lose, there will be their offense. It won't be because their defense. Mm-hmm. Pace-wise, they're going to be below average. Minnesota's pretty far below average. Model says 42 points in this one. Model went pretty hard under against uh, in Ohio State, Michigan State last week, and I believe missed the total by about two points. Some other thing here, the model says pretty hard under 49, as it thinks it's about a touchdown too high. Because, Joe, what are your thoughts? I think that we are going to see a repeat of exactly what we saw last week where Ohio State uh, is going to get up big early and then they're going to call off the dogs because they got Michigan the week after that. So no reason to go out and, and you know, run Marvin Harrison Jr. ragged, having him run a bunch of routes and everything. Uh, no reason to keep Kyle McCord in the game for too long. Let's say Ohio State's up about 24 nothing at halftime, then they just coast. In, in this one and start looking looking ahead to Michigan. Not saying they're looking at, looking ahead to Michigan at start of the game. I think they're a good enough team, a well enough coach team where they won't overlook Minnesota, but definitely by about midway through the third quarter. I think everybody's going to say, hey, let's just get out of here without any injuries. Let's just run some clock here and, and start getting ready for, for Michigan the week after. Uh, and, you know, Minnesota offensively. That that game uh, last week with Purdue having so many points, I, I was shocked. Almost as shocked as I was with Illinois and uh, mm-hmm. Indiana scoring a bazillion points. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Big Ten West kind of got weird last mm-hmm. week, um, but yeah, this, you mentioned this Ohio State defense being really really good. I think we're going to see a, more of what we would expect from Minnesota on offense this week, and that being not much. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, I think this is mostly just pack it up in the second half. Let's start getting ready for Michigan. And who knows? Again, we're so far out of weather. If the weather's nice, we like the under. If the weather's nasty, we like it more. Yeah. Um, yeah really way too far out to know yeah. uh, if Minnesota was better I would say this is a look ahead spot put Ohio State on upset alert but Minnesota just lost to Purdue so I'm not gonna say that I don't think that's yeah. really on the table no but they're no. they're we think of them at least as a well-coached team with with a good coach and PJ Fleck and they've been better it seems like in years past and so it, it does feel like this would be the right time to be concerned about an upset but yeah it's just hard to think that much about them they haven't been as good this year and you saw it last week uh in in a a, just abysmal performance against uh purdue i don't think things are gonna go well for them against ohio state and that was uh, again the first half did not go under in that game but that was part of the reason why the model liked the under was just thinking if michigan state doesn't score ohio state's not going to get the over by themselves that's basically what happened and that's kind of what we're saying here that you know if minnesota did that against purdue it, whether it's high scoring lows, whatever, it's not going to go well against Ohio State. Well, Ohio State's strength being the number one defense in the country means it's going to lend itself to a, a lower yep. scoring affair versus as opposed to Purdue, whose whose defense is a whole lot weaker. So yep. they at least put up a few points. Yep. Uh, and to the nightcap here, Washington's and Washington and Oregon State. Because Jared, um, I, I don't know if we have how many Washington fans we have watching this show. Maybe maybe a few. Uh, if you're a Washington fan out there, you know, it's been a great season and a, a dream season almost. I mean, you might say uh, mm-hmm. you've got a, a top, for sure, top five in college football quarterback in, in Penix. I think Sideline has them number three right now. Fantastic quarterback. The defense is a concern. I mean no disrespect to Washington, and they should be ranked where they are because the rankings are about more or less wins or losses, right? But 
I think this is a good time to discuss and make sure we're all on the same page. When we're talking about predictive metrics, winning and losing doesn't matter. And I know there's someone who's going to hear that. We're talking about predictive metrics, how you play, how much you win by how much you lose by that matters. And, and, And I say this because thinking about it, like if you win by a point or lose by a point, those are roughly the same with regards to how good are you? Mm-hmm. I know it gets you a win and a loss. And obviously I'd much rather win by a point than lose by a point. But if you win by a point or lose by a point, you're about the same either way. It's not like because you won by a point, you're great. And if you lost by a point, you're terrible, right? right? Like you're about the same team. I say all that because the model has Oregon state ranked number nine and Washington <laughs> number 16. It's because Oregon state is kicking tail mm-hmm. and Washington has barely won a bunch of games against mediocre teams. And that's a big red flag. Does that Mm -hmm. mean Washington will lose this game? No. Remember what we're talking about with, we've had this discussion in college basketball. I have it on the outro slides, like this discussion, we're talking about probability. I don't know what's going to happen in one game, but it's a concern in that we're getting a big enough sample size in Washington. And if they keep playing like that, they're going to lose a game. Yep. This would be a great opportunity for them to lose against a pissed off Oregon State team, a great home field advantage, an Oregon State team offense that grades out better than Washington's. I mean, I, I feel like people have missed Oregon State's offense and just how many points they're scoring. I mean, they are yep. incredible. We know their defense is good. Model has this Oregon State winning two out of three times. This one's also one of my favorite picks of the week here at minus 105. People act like Washington's the better team and they have the better record. But I, I don't think they're the better team when you look at the totality of how they've played every game. To mm-hmm. me, Oregon State's the better team. Yep, I, I completely agree with that. That was basically where I was going with, with my analysis on this. I, I don't know who could have watched that Oregon-Washington game and, and came away thinking that Washington was the superior team in that game. All you know, Oregon needed was one of, four, of four or five three, different things. Four? Yeah. Yeah, I was four or five three, like things. just three like fourth down attempts. Yeah, yeah, like that that and a couple other things. Like that's all you needed and, and that would have been a different outcome. And that and um, that was at Washington, which yes, gave that, them an edge. That was at if, Washington. If this, game, if this game's at Washington again, it's a different story like for beyond beyond the road. Yep. Um but then you had the Arizona State game after that, which clearly a letdown spot, but Washington played terribly. Uh in in that game they you know, we're flying by the seat of their pants and barely hanging on against Stanford the following week. Uh, same thing against USC, where I feel like we were all just along for the ride with yeah. the USC defense and Washington defense, honestly, in, in that game. And then Utah uh, at home last week, again, a game that you never really felt like uh, Washington was in complete control of. And you kind of compare that to Oregon State, where it's almost the opposite, like um, in that they have good wins, but in those wins, kind of regardless of how the score ended up, you felt like Oregon State was in control of that game the entire time, whether it was, you know, beating Utah, uh, whenever they beat UCLA, uh, whenever they beat Colorado. Colorado, you know, we talk, talk about how Colorado is great at a backdoor cover. The reality is against Oregon State, like Colorado never had a chance in, in that game. That one was over as soon as it started. And then Oregon State throttled Stanford, um, which seemingly seems to be a difficult thing to do for the last few weeks. Uh, Stanford's a bad team, but multiple Pac-12 teams have had difficulty putting away Stanford uh, the past few weeks, and Oregon State dispatched of them fairly easily. So I completely agree with everything that you said. Like this is definitely a test of you've got Washington, who may has the the one impressive win, but when you look at the totality of everything that's been done, Oregon State has just been like I would. Um, I I know this metric exists, but like game control. Like what percentage of, of a game has Oregon State been in control of? I bet it's been a, a fairly high number. Yeah. And you compare that to Washington, I bet Washington is quite a bit lower than what the normal person would, would expect. Yeah, and I think you mentioned Stanford. It's a, it's a good point to remember. You know, USC throttled Stanford as well. Stanford's a team that was early in the season. I think Stanford's a team that started off not very good. They aren't very good, period. But mm-hmm. new coach – and I think yep. they're improving and you've seen that improvement. They've hung around in a couple of these games, but you saw what just happened with Oregon state Stanford and 
all that improvement, like I'm not saying it went out the window. I'm just saying that just shows you that Oregon state's a legit team. Like Stanford had some bad losses early on in the season. Uh, you know, again, one of the few teams who couldn't score on USC, that's a different team than the Stanford who've been playing lately, but that same team who've been playing lately yep. just got destroyed by Oregon state. Um, I think this is a great example of it's not a ranked versus unranked because both these teams are ranked, but the, uh, if a ranked team is at an unranked team and the unranked team is favored, the unranked team tends to have like a great record and people are like, Oh, it's because Vegas knows something. It's like, no, it's that there's enough people who are just on the, Oh my gosh, this ranked team's good that it skews the line and creates value on the other team because people are just thinking about the ranking. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's exactly what we have here. I think we're getting value because there are enough people who are just like Washington's undefeated. Oregon mm -hmm. State has two losses. Yep. And it's like, sure, but what Vegas knows, which is not really like anything, that's not a thing, right? But what they know is what I know, what we know, which is looking at this, that Oregon State might actually be the better team. Yep. And that wins and losses aren't what defines a, the better team. It is one outcome. And it is the outcome that matters the most to who cares. I absolutely agree with that. Like no one cares about total yards. They mm -hmm. care about who wins and loses. And I get that. It's just, again, in trying to take that data and predict it going forward, wins and losses doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. What really matters yeah. is, are you playing well? And that'll yep. lead to more wins. That's what you want to do. And so in this case, again, no disrespect to Washington. It's been a great season. But from all the data we have entering this, Oregon State's the better team at home. They should be favored yep. by a decent amount. Model puts this about minus 200. So we're getting some incredible value on Oregon State minus 105. Yep. And a great pick. Cousin Jared, that's our nine games. There's the recap for people. Uh, any last words? Feeling good uh, uh, about this slate. Join us over on Dub Club here to talk about every single college football game. Mm -hmm. Uh, later later in the week and lots of college basketball as, as well. So uh, stick around uh, on the YouTube channel here for college, fresh college basketball content every day. Yes, absolutely. We've got that sign-up link in the show description because Jared and I will talk every other college football game here in about, uh, what, 72 hours from now. Mm. Uh, and we'll have that up for our people over on Dub Club and uh, six days a week, of course, college basketball. So stick around. As we're about to do that show. Otherwise, though, uh, that is all we've got. We will see y'all later.